0: Uh, what did you eat for breakfast?
1: Um well, water, bee pollen, <laughs> and honey hot chocolate.
0: You are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business. Business. Into into College. Constant College. improvement. College. Analysis. Constant. Analysis. Analysis. Musicians. Musician. Musician. Tuh- in- 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 recommendation. 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 Promotion. Entrepreneurship. 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 Entrepreupy- live shows. Per- show. Music. Show. <inaudible> overcoming. Then so. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Print Company, located in Fort Worth, Texas. You may remember I talked to Justin back in episode 5 about the merch industry and his passion for music and working with bands and artists. Do you need help with your merch? Skinny Armadillo specializes in quality apparel decoration, including screen printing, embroidery, design, digital on-demand printing, web stores, fulfillment, and more. Contact Skinny Armadillo now to find out how you can grow your merch sales, discover the current printing technologies, or to get a quote. Call 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com that's 817-546-1430, or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com. Make sure you stay up to date with the podcast by signing up to the mailing list at musiconyourownterms.com. There you will find show notes to every episode and links to other resources. Welcome to another episode of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. As you'll hear, I'm talking with Ruthie Wilde this time around a cellist I met in Austin at the CD Baby Music Conference. Had a couple of technical difficulties this time around, and so we lost about seven or eight minutes of Ruthie's audio, but I decided to keep it in because I don't like deleting content. Um, So stick with it. I mean, you can get the general gist of what the responses are in half of that time I'm talking, but the good quality audio does return. So the majority of the episode, you can hear clearly. And with that, let's get going. Okay, welcome to uh, episode 24 of the Music On Your Own Terms podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ruthie Wilde, um, a cellist based in Arizona. Thanks uh, very much for taking the time to join me today. Oh, thank you. So let's get started. Uh, just give us a bit of background on what you do, um, you know, what, what you play, et cetera.
1: So, as you said, I'm primarily a cellist. Um, I also sing and play around on other instruments in appropriate situations. <laughs> but um, primarily right now, I um, freelance as a cellist. Um, I'm trained classically, so I do a lot of that. But um, but I also join singer-songwriters, you know, for their own shows. And, um, and I do a lot of teaching right now. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Um, and do you, so you, um, you get a hundred percent of your living from music then? Yes. Awesome. That's, that's great to hear. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so we, uh, we met at the CD baby conference not too long ago and, uh, we got chatting. Um, we're actually, we're actually just came out of the, uh, Daryl McDaniel from run DMC. He did his presentation on, uh, his, basically his book is about suicide. Um, and it was kind of a build up of his history and where he went um and I, I think that was a really powerful presentation mm-hmm. um so what did, what did you do you think of that
1: i agree completely <laughs> um, yeah that was um just authentic human connection is really powerful mm-hmm. you know and i felt that i mean i mean the, the narrative is compelling but but just him being in the room Right. You know, and really um uh, I I felt much more than some of the other presenters and, and appropriately so based on the topic. Um right. he was he was really just on his sleeve and uh, yeah, I just we we missed that and um it was nice to to have that space. And to get right. some encouragement from him after we were waiting in the line so long and <laughs> Right. <laughs> he's such a such an empowering person.
0: Mhm, absolutely. So. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you, you, when did you, 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 um, kind of arrived on Saturday? Is that right? So you didn't get to see some of the Friday stuff. Oh gosh, what?
1: that was so long ago. <laughs> I don't remember. I think so. I, it was the first day that I, yeah, because I was teaching. That was the thing. Right. So yeah, I think you're right. I think I came in Friday night. So and, what? And, and yeah.
0: Um, what did you get out of the conference? I mean, what was the other than the Daryl McDaniel thing? What What did you find um, was you know, benefit?
1: Well, I'd say, I'd say similar to the concert prior, concert, my mind, uh, (laughs) conference prior, um, I, I, it was pretty balanced in terms of, um, you know, I took a lot of pragmatic notes, you know, in in, like some of the sessions, oh, Simon the Tam, that was a really, Mm. really fantastic, um, presentation, um, so I took a lot of notes from, you know, what he had to say on um, all kinds of things, marketing and um, just steering your career and, and I, I don't know, I, everyone had, I, I felt that had, had valuable content to share. Um, so yeah, there are some of the log- logistical things that I definitely could use the help on and, and then, you know, moments like meeting you in line mm-hmm. for, you know, just random things, you just meeting with other people and, and and I, I guess for musicians, that's, I don't know. It's it's such an interesting lifestyle I find because, I, on the one hand, I'm surrounded by many musicians all the time, and on the other hand, I, I, it's I don't always have that kind of space to actually, um, speak casually. You know, like we're not mm-hmm. on a gig together.
0: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Um, or some musicians I don't meet because we're always working at the same time. So sure. Um but but yeah i mean anyway just different perspectives the other thing too it, that i i love about the conference is that you bring together so many different kinds of musicians mm-hmm. um for example i i was trained classically i do a lot of work for higher things I'm i'm also writing my own music kind of that's more of a back burner project right now um which is very different from for example maybe what you do or what someone else i know does um and that i think is really powerful to to connect with people in a space transcendent from the day to day, what it you know what we do as musicians, but just who sure. we are as musicians.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, i i was uh, I was really um, pleased to uh, see just how positive everyone was together. And mm-hmm. It was very supportive. Uh, the yeah. level of musicianship of of what I you know saw in the practice room at the uh the gigs afterwards was just ridiculous Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was like oh crap i do need to practice even more (laughs) but um no yeah i i think it was uh yeah just hearing different people's ideas of the different um genres and and perspectives and areas of the world was just really valuable Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so yeah let's move on to what you're writing i mean what's what's your plan there
1: just j- career-wise, musically, well, I mean
0: everything. To-
1: everything. <laughs> Who? <Whew>. Well, <laughs> um, gosh. So, I I view in part this is one of the things I love about the conference. Actually, DIY musician is that it helps give a um uh, for lack of a better term a framework of. Uh, Looking at my, you know, life and career and sure. from, a, you know, as a business model, um, which I've been doing in some form for years, but um, um, it's different as a musician. Um, anyway, so every season for me, I, I'm thinking more, more and more like, okay, what is, what's my business model going to look like this season? You know, it's, 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 I can't say it's ever been, what job am I going to have next, year mm-hmm. or <laughs> it's, well jobs plural for one <laughs> right. and for two you know how how am I going to creatively um compose no pun intended but you know a, a landscape that that works for me so so like I said this year I'm doing a lot of teaching um at classroom orchestra which was never I, I really can't say that was really on my agenda for my life um, and I love teaching it's not that it, but classroom teaching I'm learning is a very different animal from one-on-one private lessons which oh, I've been sure. doing for yeah that I've been doing over 15 years but wow this is so different <laughs> um, so we'll see I'm really enjoying it I, I may take on a little bit more of that next year um, moving forward what I'd like to what I've been wanting to um, lean into more is my own songwriting and my own music composing um Mm -hmm. which has taken a back burner for a couple reasons one one i think reasonable and another maybe not (laughs) uh the reasonable one being um you know these new teaching positions that i've taken on over the last few months uh there's a learning curve and i i need the space to be able to uh do that well um I don't know, another part of me, I think, just gets a little stuck because, I I, I mean, I did so much more of it in in high school, Um, but as soon as I started college, specifically for cello performance, um, that that takes everything. There's just not a whole lot of extra (laughs) burner space. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, looking to get myself out of that mental rut a little bit.
0: Cool. So what, I mean, how would you describe what your gonna write do you have a preconceived like idea of what it's gonna sound like or are you just going with the whole i'll i'll figure it out when it starts writing itself kind of deal or
1: um well well and to be clear i mean i have started on some things it's i'm just i'm in that trap where you like have a lot of sketches and and things get like Mm -hmm. half finished (laughs) so um i mean so far it's it's i guess that's the challenge for me because i I feed off of so many different styles and musical communities and cultures, which to me is really what genre boils down to. I mean, it, it really has more to do with the community of people creating that music. And um, I mean, I, as I mentioned, I'm trained classically. I've, um, I mean, I listened to jazz and rock I grew up on, and, and pop, I mean, really any any and every style is great. and and it's an interesting challenge to somehow synthesize that together in something mm-hmm. cohesive, rather than sounding uh, contrived or sure. Um, <laughs> you right. know, so that that's my challenge. Um, it's interesting too because I, I, I'm curious if you've had this experience yourself. But so often, I, I I want to bring sounds into the world that I can't actually create very well. Mm-hmm. So that's been a learning process of. You know, Ruth, you can appreciate that sound, but your voice doesn't really do that very well. (laughs) Right, right. You know, I mean, yes, I can continue to develop my voice and perhaps someday I can approach closer. But there are certain, like, certain um, gospel sound that I I think is wonderful. I, my voice, I've tried that. It sounds ridiculous. (laughs) You know, I just, but that doesn't mean that I couldn't, you know, produce something that, that is still in um, alignment it's just finding out where that is from my instrument and no one else can really figure that out for me so that's my that's my challenge <laughs> right right
0: yeah i mean that's that's interesting because uh as a guitar player a, a lot of players kind of uh, are on that you know quest for tone which is mm-hmm. always you know always an elusive thing and it, you know it, it boils down to a lot of uh you know Experimentation with effects and amps and stuff, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's a lot of it's in your fingers. So, you know, people people's quest for tone ends up. Oh crap! My fingers are the one the things that are making it sound that way, (laughs) regard regardless (laughs) of what you know what amps and stuff you go through. So, uh, yeah, that's.
1: Huh, yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I um, I mean, so as a cellist, well, at. So far, I should say, as a cellist, I've I'm mostly acoustic,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, or just, I mean, amplified perhaps, but not not processed. Sure. Um, so that's, I mean, I'm always, I'm I just always, oh, it's always my fingers. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So I, I'm actually coming from the other end where I'm like, well, you know, at a certain point, I I can explore with this whole other world of electronics. That's a new world for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, even. Any acoustic instrument, I would imagine, you know, does end up taking on the uh, the tone of a person's personality. You know, the longer they end up playing, you know. regard I don't know if uh, classical music you're you're aiming for a specific timbre or timbre, um, you know. And but do I mean, do you find that in an orchestra, you you? you know, one cellist to another cellist or one violinist to another violinist. There are personality differences, even though you're playing the same passages and stuff.
1: Sure. And and it's interesting you bring that up because I think that's uh, maybe not a unique challenge, but I think that that challenge is um, definitely exemplified in classical tradition from my experience because on the... yeah, it's just different that we have standard repertoire, mm-hmm. for example, and there is, I see great value and virtue in ha- having this, um, well, having ideals, they don't, not everyone has to have the same, um, exact, um, vision for a piece. But, but I think there are, there, there is an element where we are all trying to figure out, you know, what is... Well, what is the the highest expression of this particular melody? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think there's one answer, but I don't think there's unlimited answers either. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah, and I I think that's that's the um, the narrow um, I I think they're somewhat narrow parameters of how you can still be an individual artist, but but hold integrity to you know a blueprint that that is kind of already predetermined sure i don't know if that made sense how i articulated that but yeah i mean um, i i
0: just i just my vision is that or my um outside opinion i guess is that classical music as a um how it's interpreted probably is more um restrictive let's say than somebody covering you know a rock music track some some way uh, you know the 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 lead guitar player may have more has infinite amount of freedom in how they interpret that thing if they're if they're not specifically going after a direct copy
1: yeah i think i mean i think it really to that i think it really comes down to the individual musician mm-hmm. um and also to the level of sensitivity i mean of the performer but also the audience because sure. on the one hand i mean i can I experience this frequently where I, I sure I, I know quote-unquote this this piece you know I, I know the general structure and, and how the melody goes but it, it's a completely different experience mm. from listening to one group or one musician to another sure and and some of that I think is because then how you make it your own so to speak is it, it you're just it's more subtle, you mm-hmm. know, it has more to do with phrasing and tone and and things that admittedly, you know, several years ago I might not have picked up on. Right. But I've you know, my ear is more developed now, mm-hmm. <laughs> thankfully, than it was. So, sure. yeah, I, I do think that that has more to do with the how it's presented from the performer.
0: Cool. Um. So let, let's dig into your past a little bit. How did you get involved in music in the first place?
1: Hmm. Well, like, total point of origin? Yeah. Uh, Take us back. <laughs> well, when I was two, um, <laughs> really, I I mean, since I was, since I can remember, I mean, I've always just been singing and dancing around the house. My, my, actually, while, I think while my mom was pregnant, she was teaching private piano lessons at home. Mm-hmm. So, um. How is that true? Yeah. And then I think by age two, um, my parents put me in Suzuki violin lessons. Um, so technically, that was my first instrument. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if that lasted maybe a year or so. Um, something about string instruments always, I I don't know, I just gravitated toward. I, I, I do remember um, between the time of violin and cello, I picked up cello when I was seven, I would just nag my mom constantly mom when can i do strings when can i do strings and it was when i was in grade school we had to wait till third grade so um anyway that's when i picked up cello um gosh i i I played in the public schools until well the whole time i was there but by high school um i really didn't have a clue by the way i (laughs) like of what was going on I, i didn't i I I feel like I've, I sometimes feel like Forrest Gump in my journey (laughs) where it just like happened to be, um, put into the right situations with the right people who, Mm -hmm. who knew how to help me. Um, so by high school, I was connected with a wonderful cello teacher, um, who still teaches in town, Jamie Kellogg and, um, took private lessons in high school. Um, actually that, and that was after. What was that middle school I took guitar lessons and then at some point drum lessons um anyway I was just always wanting to do everything music and anything I could get my hands on um and then honestly though it it actually when it came time to you know senior year figure out what what am I going to do next year it it actually wasn't a 100 percent known that oh certainly I'm gonna go for cello performance. Not because I didn't want to do that, but it's because I also wanted to do all of these other things. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's still kind of hard for me to, to choose, but but ultimately it came down to okay, well I want to do all these things, but I can't not do music. Right. That that's that, that I can't that's not an option. <laughs> so that's you know, that's why I, I moved my focus there. And then I took so many other classes during college just for fun with linguistics and communication and had I had I been a little more on top of paperwork I would have a double degree in communication. But anyway, um yeah, so then that that set off a different trajectory though, because in in high school I mentioned by that point I may mean, have played guitar and drums to I mean to some modest level, but um,
2: um I'd always do talent things. shows and um I would like my own music and friends just exploring music from a different creative process, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, which is just different from being handed a sheet of music and, and you different so, so yeah, once college started, that, that definitely changed my trajectory and it became much more, um, uh, well, in terms of just technique building on the instrument, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of, so to this day, most of the musicians that I meet who end up pursuing uh, music professionally, uh, it's in the classical realm. I mean, they've been taking private lessons, very, very <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and for me, I, I mean, yes, I've been playing music, but I, I was um, not only not taking private lessons, but again, like I told you, just kind of ignorant to that world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't know what a child was until I got to college, which is you know, pretty far behind many, many other size was with, so so that was kind of a challenge feeling feeling like I didn't belong in a in any sense. Um, <clears throat> and and yeah then I graduated what would that be? From, I, I did my undergrad and was straight into my masters and I was it 2019, so that was six years ago. Um, and so ever since then it's been it's like a whole new curriculum of <laughs> figuring out how to make that work right.
0: right. language. <laughs> so. I think I told you this at the conference. My little story about the cello is uh, the British equivalent of middle school. I went for a cello lesson, and the this the first lesson, and the teacher said, "Okay, I want you to uh, sing along with the piano." And I said I had a sore throat because I was too uncomfortable singing in a, in front <laughs> of other people, and then I never went back. Mm-hmm. So oh. I, did, I didn't start guitar until. So I probably would have been, what, I'm guessing around eight, nine at that point. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. have picked up a guitar until 11. Yeah. But I definitely had influence of my uh, my grandfather played piano. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. my dad had, had a keyboard, like a synthesizer keyboard, just a regular keyboard um, all the time trying to play. Uh, my dad has no rhythm though. <laughs> he'd take me to he'd take me to concerts and he'd be tapping his foot next to me, and within three bars it was out of time. I'm like, please stop, <laughs> that's bugging <laughs> me. But um, yeah. Uh, so it definitely seems though that you had the influence. Uh, was your mother a cello that, pl- or is a cello player, or she
2: did she no. teach something else? Uh, piano, yeah. Yeah. piano. Yeah, she was... Yeah, and she actually. <laughs> So went to ASU and I did Arizona State um uh obviously you know, years before I did. Um and she um yeah she's yeah, she got a, a BA degree but she uh focused on piano stories. So, cool. And, and you know play guitar she she was actually my um uh preschool teacher also mm-hmm. <laughs> so um you know she did a lot of singing and guitar and but
0: so, yeah there was theres a lot of, a lot of music around so uh this is um a bit of a, probably a bit of a stretch, but do you find that you um can do certain things, whether it be piano or uh certain i don't know like um you know ear training or anything like that that you you picked up really quickly and you couldn't explain why?
2: or not really Uh, just like when I first started or like any time,
0: any time when you started learning, I'm just, I'm just wondering if, if you could, you know, obviously person to person's different and it's all relative, but I'm just wondering how much of the time that your mother was teaching while you were, you know, before you were born affected um, how easy it was. Oh, I like, you know, it, was there any correlation between that experience, you know, and any time you felt, well, this is really easy. I already I picked this up really quickly over somebody else that you were, you know, learning with, or I don't know.
2: Um. So I, I mean, I can't speak to the, the why or how, but I can say that just throughout my life, definitely certain musical tendencies have just felt innate, mm-hmm. um, and some have not. <laughs> right. Uh, the ones that. I just felt like a natural really would be a good word. Um what would it be? I mean I mean certain basic things just like keeping a B and hearing yeah, I guess oral skills, hearing hearing the difference between chords and pitches and which are things I wouldn't have even thought to mention, except I, I, I do remember in middle school I had a friend who, who also um, took guitar lessons and teacher and I I remember, I forget how the conversation happened, but I, I discovered that she had a difficult time hearing the difference between the major and minor. Sure. And that really struck me at my age. What? How do you not hear? I, mean, I was so in the, like, of course I did. Like, mm-hmm. one is red and one is green, you know? Right. Um, so, certain things in that regard have come naturally. Like, you, you know what, what has been the challenge for me, and, and still is actually to this day, although I much farther the rest than it was thankfully. um yeah well what's been a struggle is it's actually the physical um execution mm-hmm. of playing playing my instrument um sure. I for whatever reason wh- whether this has was more to do with my mental space while I mean I know that contributes but but also I think you know each of our bodies also we, out of the room I feel like with certain tendencies and anyway I, I i my my approach often is is uh, uh kind of tense so just very strong um which is great when you want it <laughs> but when you have these really fast progressive passages you know it, it, that's anyway that's taken me years to really just that that's right now my pain.
0: yeah that's one of the things i really struggled with um you know for throughout I, even back when I was you know early teens, um I do things like uh, some collating for the printers across the street for money, you know, um, and I'd always find it I'd tense up when I tried to go quicker. And I think over right. over the Which last the twenty, yeah, need. exactly. And and I, that went into my guitar <laughs> playing. And I'd always tense up when I'm trying to play something quicker. And that is the worst thing you can do because y- you know muscle memory yeah. is great when you use it correctly. But when when you tense up doing a passage and you keep repeating that tense, you know, feeling, uh, it builds up as bad muscle memory. And I think over the last twenty years, I've definitely um developed carpal tunnel and and you know problems because of Mm -hmm. because no one ever said hey you you don't want to tense you want to make sure you're relaxed um and yeah Mm -hmm. i've definitely built up some bad muscle memory from that so i definitely don't play as quickly as i could have having that information early on so Mm -hmm. yeah i can definitely relate to that so the other thing we were talking about at the uh at the conference um a little bit was the idea that um and this may be just um you know arguing semantics a little bit but uh what what is your opinion on talent is
1: is talent a myth uh <laughs> well um yeah you could go a lot of directions with that um <clears throat> could you define talent for me
0: so um i mean i'm not uh, I'd, I'd have to look up the dictionary term exactly but in, in my mind I think society deems talent as this you know gift that you know is unexplainable but when you're a musician um you know the better you get is is down to how much you practice and not 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 just how much but being very selective on how you're practicing and how you're improving and I think that can you know, that can be applied to sports, it can be applied to, you know, any any skill you have. Um, you know, there, there are, I, I think there are, like, natural-born savants that pick up something very, very quickly, even as a young child. But for the majority, I don't think there's a... Um... <sighs> I don't think there's a, a a thing that says you're a great guitar player just because you are. I think you become a guitar great guitar player because you practice at it. Um but I do think that um you know if like like in your case your your mother's a musician anyway, so uh depending on I, I mean my my thought process is depending on how much practice was put into that specific skill prior to you know, you being conceived, let's say, that DNA is going to be in that person's, you know, makeup and being passed on generation to generation. Whereas if somebody, you know, uh, had a kid and then started practicing an instrument, got really good, that DNA is never going to pass to that child because it, was, it wasn't it was there beforehand, if you see what I mean. So, but going back to society, I think, you know, these talent shows on TV and stuff say, Oh, this person's gifted, quote unquote. But you know, an overnight success takes ten, fifteen years because you need that, you know, time to work, put your, you know, hundred thousand hours in, or whatever. However, you gauge be, you know, getting good at a, a skill. Um, mm-hmm. But what? So, what's your opinion?
1: So, my view. Well, I'll start with. Yeah, I'll start with two of the sort of conclusions that I've drawn um as a teacher. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as I mentioned, I've been teaching um privately, you know, private cello lessons for over fifteen years. And it's become very clear to me, actually, that first of all, everybody can learn. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, no matter what a person's starting point, no matter how musically inclined or disinclined (laughs) a person is Mm -hmm. they can always learn um, and they can always improve and progress it's also become very clear to me that none of us are created equal Mm -hmm. at least none of the students that I've had we we just aren't and I I think that there actually absolutely is something to inherited talent and when I say talent I'm I'm defining it really as capacity or you right. know a, a skill mm-hmm. and yes of course there are some some human beings and myself included and everyone that I know that plays music that seem to have been given a gift as you say are gifted and I don't think that's false that is a reality that I see and I experience um, there are also people who can put in the time and effort and, and intelligently I mean, I think that's where a, a really wise um, teacher comes in. I mean, perhaps some people also, you know, figure this out on their own accord and kind of teach themselves. But, but, but point being, there can be intelligent leadership to guide you to build those same same skills that maybe someone else was just gifted with. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they're both talent, though, in my eyes, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, I think as a teacher, too, what's interesting and what, what I find to be the most important, first of all, is that I'm not I'm not assuming that I know what the capacity that what the potential mm-hmm. of a student is. I mean, that that to me is really the, the important piece of that. I don't think it's dangerous to to have these frank discussions of, you know, people being born just honestly with with unequal distribution of of talents right um however I, I don't think that any single one of us has any right or that there's any benefit to imposing our perception of limits onto another student because you have no idea sure um you know and i've seen it, it it's amazing to observe what really influences the learning i i mean that you might think have has nothing to do with music but Mm -hmm. you know just how a person's home life is how their mental state is how their their psyche there i mean so many other things and and just human encouragement (laughs) i mean Mm -hmm. i've it's beautiful i've seen some students i'm thinking of one student in particular who it's been years since i've seen him but gosh maybe seven years ago and um he was such a beautiful, I I loved teaching him. Um, he had such a beautiful, um, just spirit about him and just this, you know, he, I mean, he was young and innocent and, um, you know, and at the beginning though, I will say he was very slow. Um, but, but he definitely did, did learn, you know, I just had to go at a different kind of pace and kind of explain things in ways that maybe I didn't have to and for other students. And I noticed something, really touching happen and i and i still remember this moment when i i just offered him some uh, uh feedback of of encouragement i'm like you know look at what you can do now that you couldn't do before you know you and i, I now i don't remember what my words were but it, i was ch- just trying to convey to him you know you are capable mm-hmm. and and you can learn and something shifted it's like all of a sudden certain things were accelerated you know <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean he he didn't completely transcend his his personality but 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 that made a huge impact and so you know and i remember that and it's just you know yeah anyway so as a teacher i i i feel like it's not my job to to know what that limit is but um anyway i I guess it is important to me though to, to just be realistic about that though because i i think it can also be dangerous when we when we tell uh, well, adults too or kids you know you can do anything you want right and i to to uh, it just depends on how you're defining that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because in, in a sense i mean sure i think certainly we can all do we we all have um the potential and capacity to leave lead fulfilling lives mm-hmm. and to accomplish wonderful great things exactly what that is we may not even know for ourselves um and I, I say that because I, I was given some of that, you know, as a kid. And, and it, it it was kind of hard to learn that, okay, well, yes, I'm still capable, but, it, you know, it's it's not quite so easy as just will it <laughs> take right, right. place, you know, there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's it's a trippy, tricky topic, though. I, yeah, I feel like I went on a tangent. Oh, I don't remember now. That's yet. great. Yeah, I was... Oh, uh, talent. That's what it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I was going to ask you what your ethos as a teacher was. Um, I don't know if mm-hmm. there's any any other... Uh, I mean, that answers it pretty well, but is there any other uh, things as a teacher that you've seen or that you practice, you know, in terms of uh, what you definitely do or what you definitely don't do?
1: Um. Well, I can tell you the philosophy that I'm striving to uh, integrate. I can't say that I, I have 100 percent mastered this because I still sometimes fall back into old learned patterns of thinking. But um, I am a firm believer or supporter of the, the framework that as teacher, well, I don't even like that term, to be honest, but <laughs> but, the, you know, it's not our job. To be this, this full cup of water that we are just filling into other people's, you know, empty cups of water that, you know, we have something that we're, I mean, sure, some things we, we have, you know, we just pass on perhaps in that manner. But I feel that really the, the greater um, structure that that's in place is, you know, there's a path. Um, and we're, we're trying to help guide someone else along walking that path. And, and, you know, they may meander, they may veer, but it's, it's really, and it's, and it's not that we have it all figured out. It's just that maybe we're a few steps ahead, really. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, that's, that's been the teachers that know that perhaps, I guess, humility, you know, that I can sense some humility mm-hmm. in them. The, those have been the most impactful. And, and actually, the, one of my um, favorite lessons, I guess, with a cello teacher, um, he told me, it's my job to put myself out of business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yep. I, I I, had never put it in those words, but I'm like, yes, I completely agree. <laughs> you know? um, Right, right. Because you should be equipping people to be self-sufficient and i mean to the appropriate mm-hmm. sense we always need each other to to help guide but um but yeah i'd say and, and actually another um there's another uh, yoga teacher that i had the opportunity to um have a session with at one point and he he how did he describe it I th- he did use the the tour guide analogy he said you know it's our, our job as as yoga instructors we're not um i don't think he used the the cup analogy but who's basically saying we're not that you know it's just that we've mm-hmm. we've been to this place before up this mountain you know over these obstacles and now it's our turn to come back and take someone's hand and just lead them the same way doesn't mean that they're going to use the exact same footing that is you are but but you know first of all you know it can be done so you offer that encouragement to them and and you just do your best to help and and i mean i'll just add remind yourself that it's it's not your job to walk for them though um Right, right. It's and I I have no desire to do that. <laughs> you know, if someone's not willing, then mm-hmm. I respect your you know, then I just back off and
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's a great analogy. Yeah. All right. Um so going to the big questions that I I ask everyone. Um could you talk about a setback or a a major negative event in your life that um that happened. You, you you know maybe something that you learned hmm. something from.
1: Hmm. I oh, have lots of those. <laughs> um. I mean, any rejection is always <laughs> hard. Um. You know. I mean, I've experienced that. I mean, certainly more than once. Mm-hmm. Auditioning for whether it's a school or an orchestra or a anything, and and you don't get it. Um. You know, it's been interesting, and that's not, I'm not giving a specific example on that topic, but as I'm, you know, progressing just just a few years enough to be on the other side where, um, for example, you know, last month I sat on a committee, um, an audition committee for an orchestra that I play with. And I got to be on the other side, listening to candidates um, Mm. behind a screen and and making notes and then participating in discussion afterward. And um, that, for example, is is just one of the ways that I'm I'm able to gain insight into that process and put my own uh, failures or rejection into perspective that um, Mm. I mean, yes, some of the failures I have just straight up are failure. You know, something that I tried to execute and I failed at that execution and that's you know, there, there are things to be gained from that. But, you know, there's also quote unquote failures or rejections that I've had that, that really, I I don't even view as failures anymore. They're just, they're instances where, you know, I, I to put it in business terms, I, I gave a, a value proposition. <laughs> it wasn't what, you know, my, audience or that committee whatever we're we're looking for doesn't mean that it was bad it just it it wasn't the right fit and right it it has taken me some time to gain what i feel is is a more healthier attitude that um Mm -hmm. you know we're all our own niche market we just are um and that's okay (laughs) um cool yeah um trying to think of anything specific though um you know well I don't know, it might be too soon to share this, but maybe not. So what are we? We're in October now. So back in May, I did have an experience that I I can't say I'm 100% healed from. (laughs) Um, I had invited someone to a show, um, kind of an informal show, which I I was using to... uh, I don't know, really as as kind of a laboratory for myself to be honest as I'm as sure. I'm uh, you know I I've already sort of created and established myself on some level in the classical world work for hire but again I this you know writing my own music and performing as my own you know personal artist brand is something that I is really important to me but I'm at a much mm-hmm. more premature stage um right. I just am um and my uh <laughs> boldness sometimes gets me into some uh, tricky situations where, oh, maybe I shouldn't have quite moved that quickly in that space. So um, anyway, I, I had this sort of an informal um, performance opportunity. And, and um, anyway, I, in, I invited uh, another musician who uh, is also very well established, you know, who I respect. And I've, I've uh, heard this person play many times and they hadn't actually heard me perform before you know when i'm really in my element and doing what i you know have been trained and been been practicing to do for years this was sort of a (laughs) Mm -hmm. anyway i just i think maybe i got a little too comfortable and and anyway he walked out of the show while i was on stage and i've never heard from him (laughs) so that's hard because it's it's a small music world you know we i've seen him since and i you know who knows i don't think about it too often anymore but uh that's hard i think i think that's honestly more difficult when because for me it's just musicians we have for me anyway i feel it's so important that we we really act as a family and community and I mean, on some level, this that's just my life philosophy for everyone living on this planet. Anyway, we are family, but, you know, then then you have yeah. subfamily, family. And, and really, as musicians, it's mm-hmm. hard. We're putting literally putting ourselves on stage. Just, you know, it's it's a vulnerable thing to do. And. Absolutely. um, Yeah, so that that was hard. <laughs> well, it's yeah. Well,
0: yeah, uh, I mean, that you, you just got to kind of tell yourself that you can't please everyone.
1: Yeah. And so. and you know, it's I mean, it's okay. It, I I feel like the the best way uh, I mean, we're we're human. We're going to have emotional responses and that's I I don't I don't think there's I well, I've learned there's not a healthy way around that. Um right. but you know, once once you can move past that or above that, I should say, it's you know, it's just feedback. And mm-hmm you know feedback is feedback it's not right or wrong it just is and and it is good feedback it's like you know in some ways it's it's actually been okay um i have some work to do (laughs) you know and and on the other hand like you said some of it's just a personal taste and anyway but move forward awesome (laughs) thank you for
0: sharing that one um so on the positive side, I mean, could you talk to like a win that you had that kind of gave you that confidence to say, "Wow, I can actually do this?"
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I'll say also this year earlier um what was that in February? Um I got a really really neat opportunity um to perform a concerto with an orchestra which mm-hmm. I had never had the chance to do and Um, yeah, I guess it was probably a year prior I I was asked. And, um, so I played the Dvorak Cello Concerto, uh, with the Prescott Pops, um, it's a part-time regional orchestra up in Prescott, Arizona. And, um, that was, that was a really great experience for me. Um, that was a breakthrough. Awesome. Yeah, that was a, definitely a personal breakthrough because for some reason I, Oh, I'm sure I'm not the only one, <laughs> but I know I'm not the only one. Um, but I you know, despite so many things that I've accomplished and and the level of playing that I've achieved that, I mean, is still mm-hmm. not where I know it will be in the future, but is so much um, better than than it was ten years ago, um, I still struggle with a lot with self-doubt, and, you know, like I think I mentioned earlier. Um, I kind of arrived at um my classical music education feeling a little out of place and mm-hmm. like I don't belong what whether and I mean not to say that there's you know heavy truth in that, but that's just emotionally how i've i have felt um anyway, so that that was. That was definitely a breakthrough of yes you can do this and yes it's over 40 minutes of a lot of notes that you have to have completely memorized and you know don't don't get that moment of anxiety and like have a memory slip in the middle because you're it there's nothing to save you and and it was fine you know it was um Mm -hmm. not perfect but um i that was yeah that was a breakthrough for me for sure and yeah, I'm happy I got the chance to do that.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So, um, so we're time for the big one. Uh, what does music mean to you?
1: Huh. That's like s- so open-ended I'm not even sure <laughs> where to go mm-hmm. with it. Um, well, I guess largely two things. One, it's, um, I mean, one individual and one collective, you know, individually it's, I mean, it's something through which I, I feel that potentially I can express myself in the highest manner I know possible, Mm -hmm. you know, above language, even, um, spoken language. And, and collectively, um, I guess the same thing in that, to the highest level, I feel, uh, well, how do I say, um, I feel like some of the, the most transcendent spaces that I've shared with, with, a, with groups of people has been in a musical context. Um, mm-hmm. whether we're playing together, certainly, or, or just in a, in a concert setting, um, because it taps into something um, just so above our animalistic tendencies and even human tendencies. I, f- I feel there's right. just something so transcendent from that. That um, I mean, to me, I I would use the word spiritually. That I I mean, really, the spirit of music. You know, whatever whatever that is in a certain space. Um, and I think that's really beautiful. That. Um, mm-hmm that we have those opportunities. And that, that to me really is the most fulfilling part, um, of, of my performing, um, is being a part of live performances where Mm -hmm. I really get to share and connect with people that way. And, and particularly when, when we get the opportunity afterward reception or, or after party, whatever it is, um, where you get to, um, I don't know. Just, just see how that changes human connection after, mm-hmm. after being in that space together. <laughs> awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. If people wanted to get in touch with you or find out more about what you do, um, where can they find you?
1: So, um, Instagram and Facebook, uh, Ruthie Wild Music. Um, Wild mm-hmm. has an e at the end, and also ruthywild.com. dot com. Um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point I'll have some of my own Personally recorded music out there But right now I just like to share um, Neat live performances I'm involved with And of other people Oh, like for anyone listening Am I allowed to plug an event? <laughs>
0: Absolutely, go ahead So
1: anyone listening who happens to be in Phoenix Or or chooses to be in Phoenix in December um, On December 15th There's a really neat performance that i'm i've been involved with the last few years um it's an annual um what is it called Winst- winter solstice concert and mm-hmm. it's hosted at a shadow rock united church of christ um and it's uh produced or at least co-produced by lynn Hessler, of a, a pianist in town who um just helps curate these fabulous uh artistic experiences multidisciplinary and multi-genre um amidst this beautiful sunset happening in the background and anyway so as i mentioned some of those those beautiful moments i shared with people many of them have been at, at um at some of these concerts so yeah that's one
0: <laughs> excellent yeah um any any chance that'll be uh uh you know recorded and for anyone else to see it that's or a good not really, question
1: or... it may be i i know it's been recorded in the past i don't know that it's been released publicly but uh but yeah it may be
0: yeah that uh, let me know because i'll okay. uh, definitely post that if it is because that, that sounds cool
1: okay.
0: uh, all right well thank you so much for um taking the time to uh talk to me today um yeah what oh what i like to do at the end is just play a piece of music um what what would you like to play for this episode
1: so the <laughs> the the piece of music that I have uh, recorded and ready to go um, is uh, Paca Bell's Canon. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's it's kind of um, as a cellist, you we, we have our own uh, attitudes toward this piece <laughs> that <laughs> that we play the same eight notes over and over and over um, at weddings and things, and I've been doing for years, but. Um, but anyway, it's it's just a little something I recorded to share with people who who like to hire me for for weddings and things like that. So, great. Anyway, yeah, pocket bells cannon.
0: All right. Well, yeah, thank you again. Um, it's been a great conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, yeah. Uh, keep in touch, and uh, um, if there's any videos you want to share or anything else, I'll definitely post that for you. Okay. So. Thanks, Simon. All right. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. again to Ruthie for taking the time to talk to me. And if you're in the Phoenix area, keep an eye out for her live performances. As always, thanks for listening. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other.